So, Lord, this morning, may you just speak to us. May the only words heard be yours. In your son's name we pray. Amen. So this morning, our scripture lesson comes from the book of Leviticus. And it's an, it's an odd passage. And you're just going to have to bear with me as we read it, and then we'll hopefully connect the dots. But it's Leviticus 16, verses 20 through 22 that we're going to look at this morning, where it says, When he has finished atoning for the holy place and the tent of meeting and the altar, he shall present the live goat. Then Aaron shall lay both of his hands on the head of the live goat and confess over it all the iniquities of the people of Israel and all their transgressions, all their sins, putting them on the head of the goat and sending it away into the wilderness by means of someone designated for the task. The goat shall bear on itself all their iniquities to a barren region, and the goat shall be set free in the wilderness. This is the word of God for us, the people of God. Leviticus is an interesting Old Testament book. I think it was Al who commented last week that Leviticus, that Leviticus is the book that people get to when they're really committed to reading the Bible straight through Genesis to Revelation. They get here and they stop or skip it. Because it's, it's a weird book, a book of laws. And a book that I think the only way we can really read Leviticus is when we look at the New Testament with it. And we're going to do that in in a little bit. We're going to look at passages from Hebrews and 2 Corinthians and 1 Peter. But first, I want us to look at this particular passage. Now, these verses, and it's just a few verses, come in a section of text in the book of Leviticus called the Day of Atonement. Atonement is a really big churchy word, right? Atonement is a word that I want us to think about about making amends. That when we've done something wrong, that we want to make amends for it. And so, these verses come from the Day of Atonement. And it wasn't a good day. It was a day of mourning. It was a day set aside every year where the Jewish people would gather to admit their sins. It was the day set aside for the people of God to gather and realize just how much they had fallen short every single sin from the past year weighing upon their shoulders until they come here to this moment and to this day where they seek forgiveness, where they seek to make amends for all of their mistakes. And the first rule of the Day of Atonement was that first Aaron, Moses' brother, that's the he that the verses talked about, and Aaron was the leader of the priests. 
That first he would go and make a sacrifice for his own sins. For the sins of the other priests. And then he was called to make a sacrifice on behalf of the people. And all of this sacrifice, this day of atonement, the whole book of Leviticus really is about holiness. It's, it's about this refrain that we find throughout scripture, but especially that we find throughout Leviticus. And it, it's Leviticus 19, verse 2. And we see this refrain throughout where it says, Speak to all the congregation of the people of Israel and say to them, You shall be holy, for I, the Lord, your God, am holy. You shall be holy, for I, the Lord, your God, am holy. That is a common refrain found throughout Leviticus. And in Leviticus 20, God even says, You are to be holy because I have set you apart. You are my people and I have set you apart. All these laws found throughout Leviticus, this day of atonement, this seeking for the people to make amends for their sins is about holiness. Because it's about the fact that as the people of God, that who we are reflects of who we know God to be. That who we are, that our lives reflect the God we call Lord of all, the God we call our maker, our creator. And so Leviticus is about making a way for us to be holy, for us to reflect this holy God. But every year, they would come to the Day of Atonement, and the verses we looked at were just a small section of the, of the rules, of the order that they had to follow on that day to make amends. When the people would have to come and feel the weight of just how inadequate they were, of just how often they had fallen short. Can you imagine living in the Day of Atonement? The day set aside for us to feel the weight of every sin from the past year, that we would have to wait for this specific day to find forgiveness. This day set aside where the Lord who called his people to be holy would accept their sacrifice and give them his holiness, give them his forgiveness again. But it just kept continuing, this day of atonement, year after year, sacrifice after sacrifice, over and over again. They would have to return to this day. They would have to return again. It just wasn't. It wasn't a permanent solution. And 
And this is where we're going to look at the New Testament. And if you ever want to read the book of Leviticus through, I'm going to suggest that you read the book of Hebrews alongside it. Because Hebrews has a lot to say when we look at the book of Leviticus, especially Hebrews 10. We're just going to look at a few of the verses in Hebrews 10. But it speaks to this this day of atonement, this sacrificial system that had been set up. It says, since the law has only a shadow of the good things to come, and not the true form of of these realities, it can never, by the same sacrifices that are continually offered year after year, make perfect those who approach. The book of Hebrews names... Yeah, right. Go forward. I forgot that part. But in the sacrifices, there's a reminder of sin year after year, for it is impossible for the blood of bulls and goats to take away sins. The book of Hebrews names the fact that this day of atonement wasn't a final solution, that this day of atonement, this day where the people would come to receive forgiveness, that these animals just weren't good enough that the solution wasn't final but we glimpse the final solution in 1 Peter 2 verse 24 and this is speaking about the passage passage from Leviticus he himself Jesus himself bore our sins in his body on the cross So that free from sins, we might live for righteousness. By his wounds, you have been healed. And then in 1 Peter 2, or 2 Corinthians 5, verse 21. For our sake, God made Jesus to be sin, who knew no sin. So that in him, we might become the righteousness of God. These passages all speak in response to Leviticus, to this day of atonement, to this need for holiness for the people of God. But we as Christians stand in the knowledge of what God's final solution was in response to our sinfulness. And that was to send his son, to send himself. In the Gospels, Jesus talks about how he did not come to abolish the law, but to fulfill the law. Jesus came to be our atonement so that we don't have to wait for a year, set aside every year and have someone else offer a sacrifice on our behalf, that we don't have to live a year with the weight of our sins upon us, that we don't have, that we don't have to live with this weight of how we have fallen short upon us. Leviticus was set up for the people to live out until God's final solution became our truth. Until Jesus came and chose to carry a cross so that sin would not be our story. 
So that when God looks at us, because of the blood of Christ, God looks at us and God sees us as holy. That God doesn't see our mistakes, even though sometimes we try to try to hold something over our own heads. God doesn't see that. But because of what Jesus has done, God sees us as his children who he created us to be from the beginning. But no matter how often we say that because of Jesus that we are forgiven, that he has taken away all of our sins, often Without even realizing it at times, we can find ourselves living out of the day of atonement. Often we can measure ourselves by how we have fallen short. And we can feel the need at times to try and offer up sacrifices. Because we're scared of how we've angered God. Sometimes we can find ourselves wanting to do something to make amends to before we approach him. Sometimes without even realizing it, we fall into the mindset of living out the day of atonement. Instead of out of a relationship with a God who made a way for us by going to a cross. A God who who just stands waiting for us to realize our forgiveness. It's not about a blank slate to do whatever we want. But it's about realizing that when we fall short, it's about repenting, feeling bad for how, for what we've done, but in the same breath realizing that Jesus has already atoned for it, that he is our atonement, that we don't have, we don't have to live in the day of atonement. We don't have to fear an angry God when we know Jesus as our Lord. But the question is that I want us to take this week is how are we approaching our relationship with God? Do we approach God as if we still need to make the sacrifice so that he'll be okay with us? Or are we choosing to live out of the truth of Christ? To not just look at Leviticus and see all these things we have to do, but to look at it and see what Jesus did on our behalf. How are we approaching our faith and our mistakes? I invite us to 
to hold that question and to really think on it and pray on it throughout the week, especially when we fall short of how are we approaching God? How has what Jesus has done for us shaping how we respond to God even in our human imperfections. May we hold that question with us as we come to a close in worship this morning and throughout the week. But may we more importantly remember that Jesus has already taken everything his heart removed every wrong we've ever done, every wrong we'll ever do. He's already made us holy. So may we live out of that truth. May we live in the light of Christ. Let us pray. Lord, it is so easy at times to mark ourselves by how we have fallen short, to feel that, that we have to do X and Y and Z after we mess up because we're scared. That sometimes, God, we can be scared to approach you. But Lord, help us to remember that every time we fall short, that we don't have to fear you. That we have to remember what you have already done on our behalf. Who you have already made us. Give us the grace and the strength to live out of that. It's in your son's name that we pray and trust. Amen.